With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Harry Wakes right at the last. Welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, or on Audio Boom, or across all major audio platforms. You can also find us across a range of different social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And we are returning to bring you an exclusive show this week to discuss the opening fixtures to the Premier League 2021-2022 season and the impact they're going to have for Tottenham Hotspur. Like I say, they were released on Wednesday, 9am UK time. And here we are reviewing those fixtures coming our way come August. I'm delighted to have back on this show with me. I've got Jason McGovern. And also back on this show, I've got the wonderful Chris Cowling to reflect on those fixtures. Now I'm going to start, Chris, with you, if I may. Tough start to the Premier League season for Spurs. And I kind of running on paper. Logic might suggest it's a better time to play Man City as they've got 14 players at the Euros, many potentially coming back late in pre-season. But it's still the game, essentially, that nobody wanted to start with, really. So can we have your instant reaction to, let's say, Spurs' opening day game against Manchester City and the thoughts of how Spurs are going to be preparing for that one to come? Welcome to Tottenham Hotspur, Paolo Fonseca, that's what I say. Uh, I'll tell you what, Rick, there, there is absolutely no good time to play Manchester City. Uh, you know, we know their quality, you know, Premier League champions. We know what they can do. We know what they deliver week in, week out. Um, absolutely exceptional side. It's going to be a very, very hard game. Um, historically, we've actually done quite well uh, in recent seasons against Manchester City at home. Um, but we know it's going to be a very difficult game. And it's Paolo Fonseca's first game, just a matter of time before Tottenham announce it. 
Um, but when you look at Wolves away after, Watford at home, and then, of course, Palace, Chelsea and Arsenal, there are some very, very difficult games there, the first six games. And it's highly important that uh, the manager gets off to a very, very good start at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, you know, no matter who comes in. You know, I know there's been lots of talk about Pochettino coming back and then Antonio Conte. Um, you know, I feel a little bit sorry in, in some respects about Fonseca coming in because, you know, a lot of people have been saying it's an underwhelming uh, appointment. Um, you know, we were going to get that whoever was going to be announced and, and appointed. Um, but it's all about getting off to a good start in the Premier League. And when you saw that come out this morning, Manchester City at home, I think all of our hearts just sank. But, uh, you know, a, a very good side, an exceptional team. Um, but it's all about what we do in these two months. You know, we're, we're, we're two months away. It's, it's crazy that these fixtures come out in this time because I feel like the season has only just ended. It's only ended a couple of weeks ago. And of course, we're now looking forward to the new season. But we have got a two, you know, two huge months ahead of us. The board have to do, you know, some serious work. We have to offload some players. I know Daniel Levy's video came out this week and, and he said that, you know, some players have been told to, to go. Um, you know, a huge summer ahead is what players, what, what we've got coming in as well. Um, you know, lots need to change. So it's a huge two months. But, you know, these fixtures coming out, um, you know, I've no doubt that some of us will, will feel excited in two months' time when the season does start. But um, it doesn't feel exciting at the moment because we don't know what's going to happen. Jace, coming over to you, probably putting the mockers on it here, but City yet to win at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium since the ground first opened in April 2019. Spurs winning 1-0 in a Champions League time their way to the final, and Spurs also defeating Guardiola's men 2-0 in each of the past two seasons. Although maybe a good time to play the reigning champions when they're not at the top of their game in terms of players to come back. Spurs then have top six rivals, Chelsea and Arsenal to come in their first six fixtures. Definitely, like I say, for a new manager coming in, Quite a daunting start, but one where if he does get off the mark and starts well, a great opportunity to lay down the foundations. What's your reaction to Spurs' opening day fixtures? And I say, what is to come ahead of the coming weeks for Spurs in that August-September period? It's probably the the toughest fixture you could have on the opening day, but but maybe it is a case of you're better to play them before they're <coughs> before they're fully settled. Um, I know we, we probably we definitely won't be settled because we never are until the, the last day of the transfer window. So we'll have that drama again. But um, my first reaction was, we'd be interested to see now if Manchester City make their bid where, where Harry makes his Premier League debut, that's for sure. But um, no, it's a, it's a tough game. But, but as you say, I think we've played them. We've played them early season numerous times. I can remember Joe Hart having an absolute blinding game in a, in a nil-nil draw on the opening day. Uh, I think Eden Dzeko smashed, did he score four that day when they beat us 5-1 in our first home game that season? And we went up to City, was it match day two under Poch two years ago? I think that was their their first home game when uh, when Lucas Moura come off the bench to score. So it, it's not, it, we always seem to have Everton, Newcastle or Manchester City early in the season, one of those three. And then uh, the, the two eye-catching games, of course, those two, the two London derbies, on, on match day five and six, but you know what would be a good start? What, what would you t- from those first six games? If you took, would you take ten points and say, okay, we'll take ten? Or are you thinking we got to take twelve or or whatever? Where, where was Chelsea? Is that home or away? We got Chelsea at home on the eighteenth of September. Chelsea at home. Chelsea away the twenty second of Jan. Chelsea at home. We've won twice at the White Hart Lane Stadium in, in already both years. So, you know, you, you probably think, can we take? 
you've got to take at least a minimum, a bare minimum of 10 points to give us some kind of base to build from. But anything above 10 would probably represent a decent start. But, um, you know, we don't know, as Chris says, there's so much work to do. You don't know when players will be back from the Euros, which can affect us, can affect City. You don't know what, what shape they'll arrive in. I think, don't you even say they have to have three weeks between their final game and, and being able to play again. So it's very difficult to predict either lineup, but it's, it's an exciting start. I think let's, let's have them first up and, you know, I'd sooner have them on day one than, uh, you know, last year we were all sitting here rubbing our hands. We kind of got an easier fixture than Everton at home because we always beat Everton and, and look what happens. So let's take the hardest one and get it out of the way. We all know that a lot of fans at the moment are feeling like this is an underwhelming appointment, you know, because everyone's expected a big name manager to come in, Pochettino or Antonio Conte. Um, but if he won that game against Manchester City, you're absolutely right. The, the fans would get right behind him. And, uh, you know, me personally, I'm, I'm looking, you know, really forward to getting back at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and going to the games. And hopefully we're at full capacity and, you know, all the fans are back. It'd be great. Um, but, I just think that all the Spurs fans need to get behind the manager. You know, whoever the manager you know comes in, Fonseca, it looks like it's going to be him. Uh, we all need to get behind him. And uh, most importantly, though, this summer, the board need to get behind him. Uh, you know, we've, we've said many, many times that, you know, recent managers, Jose Mourinho, Pochettino, etc. You know, they should, they should have probably been backed a little bit more. And it's highly, highly important. I know this... You know, new director of football's come in, Fabio uh, Brasci. And uh, it's an interesting appointment because it'll be interesting to see how he will liaise with the board and the manager. Uh, but major changes need to happen, Rick. I, I, I can't stress enough. These, these two months are absolutely key. And it's sad because the, the demise in, in the club, you know, seeing Pochettino, I, I, I associate Pochettino with Champions League football. I associate Jose Mourinho with Europa League football and now I'm going to be associating Fonseca with you know Europa Conference League football and that's that's how we've come down and even Daniel Levy said last week on his video you know we're not happy with where we are right now and we need to get back you know to being a Champions League club and I just think that next season is absolutely huge you know not only is the, these two months huge for the club you know it's all about direction now what direction we're going in but that first game against Manchester City at home is absolutely huge because we don't want the fans to start getting on the manager's back so early, you know, even after one game. Because I think with Fonseca's appointment, it's going to take an awful long time before fans do get on his side, you know, because he's an unknown manager. You know, not a lot of fans know a lot about him. You know, it's been joked that, you know, some fans have even had to Google his name and, and Google his career. You know, it's it come to that. You know, you go from Jose Mourinho to someone you're Googling. Um, but I just think that the fans do need to get behind him. And it's so important for him to get off to a good start. Now, when you look, Manchester City, Watford, uh, sorry, Wolves, Watford, Palace, Chelsea, Arsenal, there are some hard games there. And even as Jason said, if you've got 10 points out of a possible 18, you know, are you going to be happy? Will you, will you guys be happy with 10 points out of 18? Because I think that Wouldn't if, be great, if you could... If you're going to have that, it's going to be three wins, one draw and two defeats. So it'd be a very, very interesting start. But as I say, the, these two months, you know, now are very, very important. What players will go out the door, what new players will come in uh, and what type of quality uh, are coming in? Because, you know, we are playing Europa Conference League football. Are we going to be attracting those big stars? Are we going to be getting those you know, big names in that we all want? Um, it'd be a very, very interesting summer. I think it's a great fixture for the second to have because... In reality, none of us will expect 
to, I don't think there'll be an expectation that we go and win that first game. So even if we were to lose it 2-1 or something like that, a narrow defeat, show a bit of spirit, show a bit of heart. I think most people think, well, that's City out of the way. Uh, I'm not saying you should just sit there happy to lose, but I don't think anyone's going to get on his back if we were to lose that first game, depending on the manner of it. If we lost it like we did in the cup final to them, there'd be serious problems. But if we show a little bit of spirit and that, who knows what happens on that day. But I think those first, you know, I think some, a performance like Watford away is more of a test for him than Manchester City because we will expect to go to Watford and win. Uh, we will expect to beat Woolwich at home. We will, uh, we will ex- rather, we will expect to get a result against Woolwich. We'll desperately want to see a performance against Chelsea at home because the, the performances to Chelsea last year have been really, really poor. So I think those those next games are far more testing for him than that Manchester City game will be. Palace, we traditionally we traditionally get a result against Palace. I know we've drawn the last couple of years down there, but we usually beat Palace at home. So I, I think ten points. Wouldn't be, I would love us to get 15 or 18 points, don't get me wrong, but I think 10 points with probably the, the, the Manchester City game and the Chelsea game being the tough two. If you win three, get a draw somewhere else. I think that would give him a platform to build on that would, wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily have everyone on his back, put it that way. I think if you can get 10 points from those, he's got a basis to go from. Then the transfer window's shut and it's, you, you've got a chance to kick in, players coming back to fitness and that. It gives you something to build on. And so, um, you know, Manchester City is not a problem for me that day. It's that those other five games and particularly that Watford away. They're a newly promoted club. We've had problems at Watford in the past. We've, it's never been an easy day for us at Watford. And I think that's a much bigger test for Fonseca Watford because in my mind as well with Fonseca, not knowing the Premier League, He'll expect Manchester City to do, to, to be a top side. He'll know all their players. Watford, who comes in with him, the analysts and things like that, they've got to do their homework on Watford quick and make sure we get a performance at Watford. And so that's that to me is the tough game in those six in a way. Now, what we do know is Harry Kane certainly looks set to be playing at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on the first day of the new season. The big question now, which you can imagine a lot of the media are going to be absolutely reveling in and we're building up with a countdown to come, is whether he'll be in a Spurs shirt or a Man City shirt come that opening day. How much do you think that Kane speculation is going to really be in overdrive in these coming months? And what do you expect to happen ahead of that opening game of the season? There's been many suggestions with Spurs that that decision about Kane, they may look to even postpone the decision with Kane in terms of even with City trying to come to an agreement that if he was to go, then Kane would not be able to play that opening game or even in the case where that would maybe take the move completely off the table. What do you think that does for Kane's future with that Man City game being first? You know, when I watched Daniel Levy's interview at the weekend, um, I come away from that thinking, is Harry Kane going to leave, yes or no? And I, I'm no further forward. Um, I don't know. It's, I think it's a 50-50. I think if, if the money comes in and there's a, a firm offer on the table, um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Harry Kane went. Um, I think, you know, when you look back uh, to Teddy Sheringham leaving Spurs to go to Manchester United, he, he then made his Manchester United debut at White Hart Lane, missed that penalty that day. Uh, you know, went on to win trophies. And, uh, you know, it's all about trophies at the end of the day when... when when players are playing in their career, they want to win trophies. And, we, you know, we've spoke about trophies at length so much about, you know, these players wanting to win trophies, sadly not winning them at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Um, and I don't think any of us would blame Harry Kane if he did leave because 
we all know that he's given absolutely everything to the club. It just it's just a, a bit of a sod, isn't it? That that, that this first game is Manchester City at home. Could you just imagine Harry Kane goes to Manchester City and then he makes his Premier League debut at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against us? It's just, it would be absolutely awful, wouldn't it? But would I be surprised? No, I wouldn't. Now, what we do know is the Lily White's participation in the Europa League last term meant they played an awful lot of games on a Sunday. And that will once again be the case again from August onwards due to their place in the Europa Conference League. While all the dates for next season's Premier League games are provisional at present, with broadcasting still to be making those picks, it's clear to see at this stage which Tottenham fixtures will be moved as the European football calendar is already going to be in place. Just out of interest, how much do you think that's going to affect the team with those fixtures being moved? Because we know at present, despite seeing those fixtures coming out a lot of these games are going to be subject to moves subject to be Sunday so at this moment it's probably difficult to actually give a real indication of how much it is going to affect Spurs' season depending on how those fixtures are going to fall when I always look at what European fixtures we got around them I think most of our European fixtures are actually on around games that you would say um, are, are kind of rotational games if you like you know, we don't play too many of the really big sides straight after a European game. But but then similarly, you know, perhaps more the way the interest this year was, was could we get one of those big boys? Could we get a Liverpool? Could we get a Man United on the back of them having a, a tough Champions League game? And I think I think the only game that, that could possibly run into that is right at the end of the season when I think the Champions League semi-final is just before we do to go to Liverpool. That's the only one that I, I kind of thought will be affected by it. Other than that, I think uh, I think West Ham comes straight after the Europa League date, but but the rest of them are, are pretty clear fixtures. So, you know, Chris, I know, wants to have a real go at Europe. I've always said, I think our, our first team and our first, more importantly, our management team should be at home preparing for Premier League fixtures, not travelling to to the back of Bucharest and places like that, uh, depending on how we want to take that competition. But, you know, for me, the Premier League is so much more important than European football this year. Now, of course, what we do know is there's no teams directly qualified for the Europa Conference League group stage and instead they have to make it through qualifying. Spurs will be in playoff action on August the 19th and 26th. That does mean the away trips to Wolves and the home clash against Watford will have to be moved with UEFA's new competition taking place on the Thursday. So essentially for Tottenham, we do definitely know that the Wolves home clash, the Watford game will have to be moved. So again, it will be interesting to see where those fixtures fall and how that's going to impact the rest of those games around that month because we discuss at the moment where those fixtures are falling. It will be very interesting to see how they fall and whether that will be a benefit or a hindrance to Tottenham in those coming weeks or those months to come. Well, to be honest, it's no different really to the Europa League itself. Um, you know, they're still being played on a Thursday. Um, I think the only, co- the only difference in this competition is the, the quality of the opposition. Um, you know, Jason's absolutely right in, in, you know, I really want Tottenham to go for these competitions. But then again, as a fan, I want us to go for every single competition that we're in. It'd be very interesting to see when Paolo Fonseca comes in, how seriously will we take the Cups? The League Cup, the FA Cup and, of course, the Europa Conference League. I hope that we take every single one of them seriously, uh, give it a real go. Uh, you know, give respect to these competitions. And ultimately, as I always say on every single show that I do uh, on here or my YouTube channel, um, you know, I want to win trophies. And, uh, you know, we're so overdue trophies. Even if we go out and win the Europa Conference League, let's go and give it a shot. 
you know, in the Europa Conference League, I think it's an excellent platform to give a lot of the youngsters a chance. But then it's a it's an excellent platform as well to give some of the squad players a real go. Uh, you know, players coming back from injury, etc. Um, but there's absolutely no reason why this competition can't uh, give us the platform to go on and, and win a European trophy. Why, why not? Um, but it'd be interesting as well to see where we are in two months' time, like I keep saying, because right here, as, as we're recording this show, we don't have a manager. One hasn't been uh, appointed yet or announced. We don't know who is going to be playing for us and wearing a Spurs shirt on the 14th of August yet. We don't know uh, whether some players are leaving. We don't know whether new players are coming in. We don't know whether our star player, Harry Kane, will be at the club. Um, of course, another issue is the captain, Hugo Lloris. You know, he's going into his last year of his contract. For me, I think when the new manager comes in, I think one of the first jobs he needs to do is appoint a captain. Pierre-Emi Hoybier would be my shout. You know, we, we've raved about him all season in this very difficult up and down season that we've had. Um, you know, if you pick out, you know, one of the good points, one of the strong points, it is Pierre-Emi Hoybier's season. You know, he's been exceptional. So, for me, I'd put him as captain because Hugo is going to be leaving, uh, you know, the, the, the year after. Um, but how seriously will we take competitions? You know, realistically, how much uh, is Daniel Levy and the board going to back this brand new manager? Are we going to be challenging for the Premier League? Highly unlikely. Are we going to be challenging for the top four? How much investment and how many changes are going to be made? How many players are going to go out the door? How many new ones are going to come in? And as I say, what quality are they going to be? Um, so it's going to be very interesting. If, we, if we're not going to be going for the top four um, and we haven't got the quality to go for top four, then we have to take these cups seriously because, like I keep saying again, you know, all of us fans, we need some glory. We need some happy days. And these last few, these last few years under Jose Mourinho, you know, with COVID-19, etc., a lot of these games being played behind closed doors, it's been awful for all of us fans. So to go back on the 14th of August, you know, we want to start believing in our club again and we want to see the club going in the right direction. And that is the real, real key for me. We have to see the direction. And even Jason said earlier, if we've got 10 points out of a possible 18, but we, we are seeing some real changes, we are playing some exciting football and we are seeing the focus and we are seeing the vision of where the club are at, then I'm sure then the fans will be happy. But if it's 10 points out of 18 and we're seeing some drab football, you know, with some mediocre performances like we have this season, um, then, you know, it's all about direction, Rick. And, and we must be going in that right direction because, as I say, the, the last two years have been on the, the decline and we need to get back, uh, you know, being a, a top club and, and get back into the Champions League. When you say we've got to take the, the competition seriously, who has? The management, the players or the board? Well, but it I, depends. I, the, reason, the reason I ask that, you, you all know my feelings on Mourinho but he took us to a cup final and the board sacked him in the week of a cup final he took a side to Everton that we lost but we actually fielded pretty much our strongest team at Everton that night so I don't think you can ever accuse Mourinho of, of disrespecting the competition the amount of semi-finals and finals we've lost in the last few years I think I honestly think we've taken them more seriously but I think we have a board that, that showed in cup final week it was important for us to win a cup and I think they're, they're, when you see Daniel Levy's speech the other night, talking about the losses as a club, the fact that we're more affected than any other club, the fact that we've got to get ourselves back on a, on, you know, a level playing field, I'm sure Daniel Levy will take any top four finish way above any trophy next season. So that's why I say, do you think it's, 
the club or the players or the management that needs to take it seriously. That, that's why I say, Jace, it would be very interesting to see where we're at and what our focus is, because will it be top four? You know, will we have a good enough squad to finish in the top four? Because at the moment, you know, until windows opened, every team is going out uh, buying players. We haven't even appointed a manager yet. Uh, uh, Paratici doesn't start his job until the 1st of July. Um, of course, we've got the Euros going on as well. So it's about what intent the board are showing. It's about what, what the manager and what the new director of football are going to do. Um, but as far as competitions, I feel that the the manager and the players need to take these, you know, seriously because we talk about trophies all the time. And Harry Kane has openly said on a number of occasions now, I want to be winning the big prizes. So if he is at Spurs and he's thinking that we can't compete for any prizes, what's he doing there? You know, we've got to, we've got to start putting some trophies in the cabinet. Things have to change dramatically. And that's why I say the, these two months, I think, are absolutely huge in, in the focus and the direction of the club. Because if you're in these cups, go out to win them. If you're in the Premier League, you know, go to challenge. If we're not spending enough money, then put a, put a cup success. We need to start seeing that, that, that party bus going down uh, the high street because it's been so long. Um, but as I say, Jace, it, it'll be so interesting to see what relationship that Daniel Levy and the board have with the new director of football and the manager. By them appointing a new director of football, surely they are trying to change something. I'm just hoping that they make enough change because things do need to change. Because as we've seen with the protest, you know, the fans are very, very unhappy and they can't con it can't continue with this fans frustration and unhappiness and anger. Um, you know, things do have to change and it has to happen on the pitch. We have to start putting trophies in the cabinet and we have to keep the light of Harry Kane. We have to. Chris, I know obviously it's quite a long way off at the moment. And again, it's dependent on where these fixtures fall. But Arsenal could be without all of Aubameyang, Partey, Pepe and El Elneny participating in the African Cup of Nations. That'll be between the 9th of January 2022 to the 6th of February 2022, the North London derby in N17. I know it's quite a while off. And I know at the moment for Spurs, who would be affected would be Serge Aurea. Is it too far away to start looking at those kind of games and to see the players that could potentially be missing and how that could favour each team? I think so, Rick. Um, to be honest, I think uh, so much is going to happen. As I say, the, these two months are key. We don't know what players are going to be at the club. I, I doubt Serge Aurier will be a Spurs player on the 14th of August. I'd, very, very, you know, I'd be very surprised if he was a Spurs player at the start of the season. And of course, Arsenal, um, you know, they're, they're going to do some business as well over the summer. So I think it's very difficult to, to start getting excited about them missing loads of players. But you know, as fans, as uh, as a club, um, you know, we want to be winning these these big derbies anyway. And, uh, you know, we've got to be up for it. So whoever's playing for us on the day, you know, we expect 110%. We expect passion, grit, determination, all of that. And uh, we expect the win. And, uh, you know, it'd be it, as I keep saying, it'd be so nice with the fans being back, you know, certainly for games like that. Totally agree. And as I said, at the moment, these are, you know, it's a game and those two fixtures are quite far away at the moment to even be able to depend or predict as to, like I say, the players that are going to be missing and who's going to feature. But it's certainly just to bear in mind how the African Cup of Nations could potentially be affecting players that will be participating in those games. Jace, coming over to you. As things stand at the moment with the fixtures, we know we could be at home to Crystal Palace on Boxing Day, Watford away on New Year's Day. The second North London derby of the season, as we mentioned in January, is against the Gunners that make that short trip to N17. 
And like I say, we're going to close the final day with an away trip to Norwich City where Spurs will collect the title under Paolo Fonseca. What do you reckon? You've got us to win it at Norwich. I thought we'd have won it by Easter. I mean, you reckon? truth alive, I think we'd have gone way past 100 points by the time we get to Norwich, mate. I mean, no, it's. I was looking at it more thinking that's a, a relegation scraps with Burnley and Norwich at the end of the season rather than winning the title, mate. But, uh, no, it's... Um, you know, let's just see how the, how the fixtures. Oh, let's let's just see how the team does. It's that's way too far to be looking at it. I mean, you know those those fixtures we we know from previous seasons are not just for Tottenham. When you get to those last six or seven games, fixtures that look simple suddenly become incredibly difficult if those clubs are battling for their lives. Or there's there's all sorts of things can happen on the last couple of weekends, isn't there? As as teams feel pressure for for different reasons. None of us picked us to, to go and win at Leicester, did we? And we ended up with, with the with the movement of, of different results affecting whether Leicester are in the Champions League or not. You score, they go chaffing to go chasing a game rather that they probably wouldn't be chasing and, and all sorts of things can happen. So, you know, let's just concentrate on those, on Manchester City on day one and see where we are after those first six. And, and only then can you start to, to get a feel for the season. That's fair. Listen, we've got a load of listener questions in, so we'll try and answer a few of them that have come through. Uh, Cody Slusser says, easiest stretch of the season, hardest stretch of the season. How does, like I say, those cup competitions affect Spurs and also competition prioritisation? Chris, it's only right to ask you because you are our trophy guru, really, in terms of leading us on this party bus. Um, what does become Spurs' priority this season for you? Is it those cup competitions for Fonseca to try and, like I say, get Spurs over the line, or would you reckon he will be prioritising the domestic league? What's your thoughts? Well, we know um, the board will always focus on top four. We know that because, uh, you know, we, 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 in Pochettino's time, he delivered, you know, Champions League uh, top four finishes four out of the five seasons that he was there. It is, it's always going to be top four as the priority. As a fan, I want to see us start lifting some trophies because, you know, I could give you all the stats. You know, we keep going on about it. We keep saying the same old stats time and time again. You know, FA Cup 1991. It is ridiculous. 30 years since winning an FA Cup. It's just madness. You know, 2008 since we won the, the last domestic cup. It's crazy. You know, if, if Paolo Fonseca wants to get the fans on board very, very quickly, it's by putting a trophy in the cabinet. You know, sadly, Jose Mourinho didn't get the chance to do that. I know Jay said about, you know, sacking Jose Mourinho six days before a cup final. You know, I thought it was a dreadful decision. And then you go back to November 2019, dreadful decision in sacking Pochettino. And, you know, Daniel Levy's obviously gone out and, and tried to get Pochettino back. Hasn't worked out. Um, trophies need to be, you know, number one priority, Rick, on the list. And, you know, I say this every year. Uh, but sadly, I think that it's going to be our focus. We can't really say our focus at the moment because we don't know what players we're going to have in. We don't know what quality uh, the players are going to come in. We're all expecting, like Jay said earlier, um, oh, when we play uh, you know, particular sides, we're expected to win. But as we've come down and as we're falling down, are we expected to win some of these games now? You know, do we feel like our team is better than what they actually are? You know, what players are going to be playing on the 4th of August for us? You know, will Harry Kane be in a Spurs shirt? These are huge, huge questions at the moment. You know, as I say, I can't stress it enough. Two months of big decisions. You know, he's making this big decision in bringing this manager in. He's making a big decision in bringing a director of football in. Um, major decisions need to be made still. 
Um, you know, we're still at the Euro stage now at the moment. The Euros, if you're going to bring good players in, it's going to happen after the Euros, isn't it? So Agreed. it's a big summer. Yeah. It's absolutely huge. Yeah. Jack Bass 10, Chris, just sticking with you, he says, is this our year? <laughs> I say it every year. Do you know what? Every time I go out my front door and I, and I go and watch Spurs in a League Cup game, a Europa League game, a Champions League game, FA Cup, whatever it is, I've always got the smile on my face thinking, this is it. This year is our year. And every year I seem to be disappointed. And I tell you what, I think that a lot of Spurs fans probably feel, please just let Tottenham win a cup. So Chris Callan shuts up about trophies because I go on nonstop about trophies. But when you think those stats, Rick, it is crazy. It's absolutely crazy, these stats of us not winning trophies. One year has to be a year. You know, wouldn't it be nice that a new manager comes in? You know, a lot of people are saying it's an underwhelming appointment. Wouldn't it be nice if he come in and won a trophy in his first season? But you need players like Harry Kane in, in the team. You need players like Hun Min Son. You know, Fabrizio Romano tweeted earlier saying that, you know, it's, it's looking good news that Hun Min Son will sign a new contract. Uh, but like I said earlier, you know, our club captain, Hugo Lloris, is going to be in his last year. You know, that problem needs sorting as well. You know, lots of things need to change. And it's about intent. It's about direction. And ultimately, you know, I, 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 for one, want it to be our year, always. Interesting. I mean, coming over to you, Jace, uh, question here for Billy McGon, who says, based on the fixtures at present, where do you think Spurs will sit on Christmas Day? <laughs> uh, somewhere between 1st and 20th, mate. Probably one of those spots. No, you're joking, um, really? I think we'll be... As I sit here, I mean, there's so much that, that can go on, but I think we'll be fifth, sixth, seventh type of thing. I think that's that, but that's my prediction, not so much for Christmas Day. I think as I'm sitting here now, we'll be between fifth and seventh come the end of next season. I don't see us getting back in that top four, but, you know, depends what business we do. It depends what business other clubs do as well. So, um, you know, we, we don't know. I mean, Liverpool have just lost Gigi Vinaldum. There could be big players there. I mean, you talk about Arsenal missing players to the African Cup of Nations. Who knows even if those players will be at Arsenal then? That's so you yeah, can't look, point. you know, yeah. other teams can be affected by the transfer we know just as us. And there could be a team that, I mean, you look at Aston Villa, they, they look determined to have a real go, don't they? I think they've bid for Smith Rowe today. They've already signed Wendia. So, you know, Villa are obviously trying to seize the, their opportunities and think, come on, we'll we'll push onward. So there's a hell of a lot of work to be done. So I think as I sit here now, I think fifth, sixth, seventh come the end of next season. Um, and we'll just have to take it from there, mate. Out of interest, Chris, if you are Paolo Fonseca and you've seen those fixtures come out today, what do you reckon his thoughts are looking at those? Do you think he's, he's sitting there thinking, you know what, tough first six, but if I get some really good positive results there, I can really get the fans on side and start to build a foundation and a base or do you think he's sitting there thinking, I've got a long summer ahead now to try and get the players in place that I want with Paratici in order to be ready for the start of the season? Because let's be honest about it, you know, not having made the appointment yet, we're middle of June, haven't got a huge amount of time. Nothing pre-season-wise has been sorted from the football club. He hasn't got his own players in to work with yet. Like we said in this show, it seems like a hell of a lot of work to do to be ready for the start of August. What do you think he's thinking right now with those fixtures coming out? Well, you've got to play these games at some point, haven't you? So um, in an ideal world, I expect he would have probably thought, wouldn't it be nice to play someone like Norwich or Watford or Crystal Palace or you know one of these teams at home um, at first? You know, not the Premier League champions, Manchester City with superb quality, Pep Guardiola coming into town. Um, but 
as I keep saying, Rick, it, it, it's such a huge summer. There's, there, there needs to be so many changes at the football club, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the ball shake-up, uh, the director of football coming in, uh, you know, new manager. Um, it's all going to be uh, baby steps, isn't it, in, in the beginning? And the interesting thing is, and, and, and obviously I hope that this doesn't happen, but the interesting thing would be is if he come in and, you know, we, we had like one point in our first three or four matches, you know, then what? Where, where do we go? Um, but we would we would see what style of football he's playing. We would see, uh, we'd obviously know what players that we've got in by this point and whether Harry Kane has been sold or, or gone off elsewhere. Um, I think it's very difficult to answer these questions right now because the, these two months are absolutely key on what happens. You know, we're all expecting, you know, a lot of players to head out the door. Um, you know, fringe players under Jose Mourinho. Um, players that didn't get a lot of game time. Moussa Zoko, uh, for instance, Eric Lamella, uh, Serge Aurier. You know, the, the list is endless of players that we're expecting that could go out the door. Are they going to go? Are they going to find other clubs? Are other clubs going to come in for them? And then equally so, what players are we going to then go out and get? Are we going to go out and buy uh, young, um, inexperienced players from the championship, like your Joe Rodans, etc.? Or are we going to go out and buy... Or, or get free transfers because Paratici is absolutely, uh, you know, key with all of this. He's known for going out, doing some good business, getting a lot of free transfers and, and getting some very good deals in. You know, it's all, so, so it's all about what business he's going to do. It's a big summer for him. It's a huge job for him, actually. You know, a lot of weight is going to be put on his shoulders now. Um, you know, all of us fans are going to be saying, well, what have you delivered? What, what's happening? What players are we going to coming in? Um, it's going to be... It's going to be either very underwhelming this summer or it's going to be very exciting for us. It's going to go one, one of two ways because yeah. we could get some very good, experienced players in, yeah. uh, mm. you know, going forward. It would it, be very interesting times. But as, as I say, I, I, can't, I can't say it enough. Of, of these two months are absolutely key on what business the board are going to do, what players are going to stay and what players are going to come in. You know, we all talk about the Milan Skriniars and the Sabitzers and you know, we all get excited about all these players coming in. Is it realistic? You know, did Daniel Levy in the board, are they given intention of, of saying, well, we're going to go out and spend millions of pounds? No, they're not. So what is realistic? Do we sell Harry Kane? Do we get 150 million or even 100 million pounds for him? And then do we go out and spend that money very wisely on experienced players? As I say, it's going to be very, very interesting. But I want to feel... Alive, I want to feel uh, you know that excitement again of supporting my club. So whatever Spurs do in this coming two months, I want to feel that excitement going to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on the 14th of August, believing that my club can win. Because at the end of last season, we don't feel that. And as Jace mentioned, you know that that cup final against Manchester City, you know, was awful. Um, you know, so we do not want to be feeling like that again. And you know, under Jose Mourinho and COVID and all of that, it's been a really crappy. A uh, year or two uh, as Spurs fans, and, and we need to feel that level of excitement again. So I just hope that the club do go in the right direction. And actually, Rick, you know, Fonseca or whoever, other than a, a quick passing interest in that fixture list, who we got on the opening day, it's really all he should be looking at. He shouldn't be looking at it game by game because he's got to build a squad for 38 games. So match day 17 is just as important as who we play on match day two to him. So I would think he's probably. Seen it said, all right, we get Manchester City to start with. Okay, look, nice game for him, big game. He'll probably think, right, that's a nice introduction to the Premier League. But 
Chris is right. You, you're building a squad for 38 games, not the first one or the first six or anything. So, you know, from that point of view, I, I shouldn't think he's even key dates to us as fans. We always look at when's Arsenal, when's Chelsea, who, who we got first day, who we got last day. But for him, it's 38 games that he's got a plan for. And every single one of those match days is just as important as another one. I mean, yeah, I do agree. Just as you mentioned there, Jay, some additional key Spurs fixtures for your 21-22 Premier League season calendar. Like I said, Chelsea at home, 18th of September. Arsenal away, 25th of September. United at home, 30th of October. Liverpool at home, the 18th of December. Arsenal at home, 15th of January. Chelsea away, 22nd of Jan. City away, 19th of Feb. United away, 12th of March. Liverpool away, 7th of May. Get those in your diary. The final question I want to ask you both, and I'll start with you, Chris, is what and we've discussed this already, what needs to happen between now and the start of the season for you as a fan to feel ready and confident that Spurs can have a really good season? What do you want to see happen inside the club, um, transfer-wise, board-wise, for you to feel this club is ready to go? Players need to go out the door. Um, you know, some of these players that aren't good enough to play for Spurs anymore, they do need to go out the door. They need to find new clubs. We need to get some money in for them. Um, you know, a number of good players, good signings need to come in. And I've said this on a number of occasions, wouldn't it be great that Tottenham, you know, if we went out and bought some world-class players, it's quite unrealistic that that's going to happen. Um, but that, that's what does need to happen. We go out and, and show real intent and, and go out and sign a superstar or two. Go out, go out and sign someone like Jack Grealish. Get, get the fans excited. You know, we, we all know what he can do for Aston Villa. You know, he's part of the England setup now. Go out and go some, you know, get someone like that. We should have bought him before. Um, we should have bought people like Bruno Fernandes before. That's that's who we need to replace Christian Eriksen, who we've not replaced yet. Um, if players don't want to be at the club, they do need to leave. Um, if players, you know, we, we just need some quality players coming in, Rick, and, and, and feel that excitement of that question earlier that, that was put to Jason, you know, where will we be at Christmas, fifth, sixth or seventh? We should be sitting here saying we should be in the top four. That's exactly the answer we should be giving. We should be feeling confident going into a new season, thinking that we will be in the top four. Uh, we're not feeling that right now. A lot needs to happen. Players need to be sold. Players need to come in. And Fonseca needs to have a clear vision of what he's doing, whether he's going to take these cup competitions seriously or whether the top four is priority, which I'm sure at board level, he will be told that that top four spot is priority because we want Champions League next season. It's great playing in the Champions League, but as I keep saying, you know, me as, from a fan's point of view, I want to see trophies. Nice, fair. And coming over to you, Jay, to kind of close that as well for you, between now and August 14th, what needs to happen in your mind for you to feel ready as a fan that we are in a position to compete, attempt to, like I say, challenge that top four? Is that a realistic ambition or challenge based on what we see at the moment? Well, I want to see I want to see the team being the priority, not not high class flats overlooking the stadium and golf courses and things like that. So that's that's the first thing I want. I want my football club to feel like the football side is the priority, and uh, I don't want to see bunkers and and fairways and things like that being mown through Spurs training grounds. Um, and I'm not interested in in what what house overlooks White Hart Lane at the moment. So Chris is right. It's, it's difficult to name one thing, isn't it? You, you, you want that feeling that the team is the priority in this football club and that what happens on the pitch is the overriding thing. And Daniel made his, his comment and he said, look, 
every single penny that comes into the club is ploughed into the team. What I don't want to be feeling is we didn't go and sign this centre-half because we're doing a housing project overlooking the stadium and, and things like that. So I want that feeling of my football club is serious about competing for, for every single game it goes into and wants to be a success, whether that's making a massive signing, whether that's extending Hyunmin Song's contract, um, you know, it, it's difficult to know that, whether it's appointing a high class or who we feel is a high class manager, but some kind of sign that football is the priority for this football club. And, um, you know, every, every listener will have a different view on that as whether it means, like I say, whether it means a high class signing or something. But that overwhelming feeling that all focus and everything this club is doing is trying to put it right on the pitch and not sending me sponsorship emails and things like that. The simple, the simple answer to that is we want to feel excited again. Yeah. That is, that is a simple answer. We want to feel excited about going to support Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Because as I say, these last few years have been so frustrating. A lot of fans are feeling anger at the moment. We just want to feel that excitement again of, you know, going to the stadium and seeing our team give a fantastic performance and showing, uh, you know, real determination and, 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 and willingness to win the games and, and win them well. And, you know, by bringing in a new manager, I know it's going to take, a, you know, a bit of time uh, to get settled, but we just want to feel that excitement again. That's what we want. Yep, and I, I, I certainly don't want. I certainly don't want to see Europa Conference League qualify round second leg tickets at forty pound, fifty pound, and sixty pound. That's for sure. More than fair. Listen, we've got a busy next couple of months to come in terms of Spurs, and like I say, we've got a new manager around the corner. I'd say we've been saying that for the last time, fifty-five days now, fifty-six days. New manager around the corner. We're still saying that. Whenever he's here, my only concern I've read today is that he's off on a holiday. You think, God, we've got a job that you know was waiting for someone to take over. We've got so much to do. Does that worry you, Chris? You know, he's gone for a holiday first. <laughs> I think he probably needs it though, with what's coming his way. He needs it. It's a it's a huge job. Um, you know, best of luck to him because he's going to need the luck and uh, he's going to work very very hard. I'm, I've, I've no doubt. Whoever's going to come in and do this job, it's going to be a very very hard task because Jace is absolutely right. You can't pinpoint one thing here. There are so many things on a list that he needs to just work through and it is going to be baby steps and it is going to be a, a slow process. Um, but it's about just showing the intent of what, what we want and, and feeling that vision. You know, even if, even if Spurs at the end of the season finished in eighth spot, right? If we can see the vision and we can see where we're going with this brand new manager and we can see that things are going well and the next season we're going to progress and we're going to, you know, you know, things are improving, then everyone will be happy. Because similar to Pochettino. We, similar to Pochettino. Exactly. I, I, yeah. I, I hate keep mentioning Pochettino because mm. people think that, you know, I'm his number one fan and everything and I want him back. You know, when you when you were under Pochettino, you just saw that vision all the time and, 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 and you felt that excitement. And yes, people will be shouting, saying, yeah, but we were, he was, you know, Spurs were 14th when he left, but he wasn't backed. You know, you've got to back these people. You know, he took us to a Champions League final. We delivered every year what the board wanted, that top four spot. You know, you've got to back him at the time. And, you know, we could talk, you know, all night about that. But it's about the vision of the club. And, and we need to be on the up because things can't get any worse than what they are. You do feel... I, just, go on, Jase. I was going to say, can I ask you a question tonight, Rick? Yeah, go for it. What did you make of Ben Davis today? 
Six out of ten, or no, are you giving him a bit more today? He done very, very well for Wales. Did very, very well. My, again, my only concern is, you know, um, for the way Spurs might want to plan the Fonseca, and this is not a criticism of Ben. I'm just not too sure now if he's a player that Spurs will be looking desperately to keep this summer if a decent bid comes in for him. But having said that, you know, Regulon, to be fair, um, I did have my reservations about how he was finishing the season, but I would hope um, under a new coach, maybe a new voice, hopefully a new direction, you know, we can see the best of Regulon. But um, one thing I do want to ask you guys very quickly is just on Harry Kane to go back to him. How imperative is it that we do get his future sorted out ASAP? Because with that City game on the first game of the season, it's very important to ensure a player's head is in the right place that does not disrupt, you know, that opening game. We've seen it on so many occasions with Spurs that we allow a star player to end up disrupting the start to a season. Chris, for you, how important is it that with Kane's future, we do get some clarity sooner rather than later, just after the Euros, so we don't have a situation where going into that first game, like we've had it in the past with Tottenham, that it becomes a disruption. Rick, we should have had this uh, confirmation before the Euros, let alone after the Euros. You know, being mid-Euros now, you know, not knowing whether Harry Kane's going to be our player on the 14th of August or not, um, it, it does worry me, I must say. And, you know, you've got Daniel Levy coming out in, in, in his interview last weekend. He didn't come out and say those words. Harry Kane will be a Spurs player on the 14th of August or Harry Kane will be a Spurs player next season. And neither has Harry Kane. You know, Harry Kane's interview with Gary Neville, you know, everything is wide open. You know, Rick, do you think Harry Kane will be a Spurs player on the 14th of August? I do, because I don't think Daniel Levy, I, I just can't see him sanctioning that move to Man City on the opening day. I just Why? Think, what, why? Because I think Kane is the poster boy of the football club. And I think with Daniel's reputation now as it is already, where I think part of the reason why Paratici is here, because Daniel knows he's got to take, take a step back from the footballing aspect. I, I think, yeah, I, I, I just can't see selling Kane would just be cause absolute, absolute uproar. And I don't know where you replace those goals and those assists, even with the 150 million. Because I'll be honest with you, Chris, I know we've had this conversation before. I don't think I trust this board. Um, with that money to go out and spend that wisely on the right players. And I think it'd be very hard to find somebody that will come in, that will replace Harry Kane, replace those goals, replace those assists. I don't see that. Even if you spread that money across the squad, I don't think Spurs are a better team without Harry Kane. I think we've seen that often. I just think it's disappointing from the player himself. And I think it's disappointing from the board that, that no one has given the Spurs fans' answers because we're, we're, we're all extremely worried uh, that Harry Kane won't be a Spurs player next season. And I think it, it would be so easy, even for Harry Kane to just put a tweet out saying, I'm committed to Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, I'll be at the club next season. Because he's clearly, but he's clearly not committed because obviously he's had the opportunity to say that he wants to stay. And I think it's, 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 it's clear that Kane, and you can't blame him, if there's the opportunity to take a move, Kane would. I, you know, it's it's a very difficult situation the players in because I don't think he want to come out and publicly say he wants to leave the club because he's got a great reputation with the fans and he wants to keep that intact. But as we've seen, you know, he's he's openly admitted that if a bid was to come in for him, the club maybe would look to consider selling him. I mean, for you, Jason, as well, just on this point, um, as I said to Chris there, is it imperative that we do get this sorted out as soon as possible so this does not disrupt the opening games of the season? I think we'd like it to be, but I, th I think inwardly the club already know the answer. Kane knows what the situation is. Daniel Levy knows what the situation is. Manchester City know what the situation is. I think, I, I personally think there is a figure that they all know 
what the selling price is. And I expect Manchester City at some stage to hit that figure. Um, it may well be that it drags on because Manchester City want to release a few players themselves first, which which isn't as easy to do because if, if they want to sell, I don't know, Raheem Sterling, they've still got to find a buyer. They've still got to find a club that Raheem Sterling wants to go to. So there's still reasons why perhaps they can't come in and say it today. I think in a weird way that fixture may actually help that scenario because, because you know, it can almost be, OK, look, we'll, we'll make that bid, but we'll make it on the second weekend of the season and you don't have the embarrassment of that, which which might knock a few million off the price tag for Daniel. But from, from Daniel's comments, from, from Harry, I mean, Harry said to Gary Neville, perhaps it'll be a hundred million. Now, I'm not saying that is the figure, but I, I, I firmly believe if Manchester City come with about 125 million, that we'll accept that offer and, and we'll, we'll try and sell it to us as we need to reinvest in the club, we need to rebuild the staff, uh, the, the playing side, and therefore that's the easiest way for us to do it. And I, I think they'll try and justify it. So I, it, it's, I, I, for me, I, I desperately want Harry Kane there. But you've also got to bear in mind that, as, as you know, there may have been a conversation last year, Harry, will you extend your contract? And if Harry said, I'm not prepared to extend it, then the thought of him going away on a free transfer in a couple of years' time is you, you can't lose that, can you? So, you know, I remember saying it to you with Toby that we should have taken that money when, when that money was on offer. So I think with Harry, I, I firmly believe, I would love Harry to be there. I'd love him to break the goal scoring record. I want him to play for Tottenham the next six or seven years. But I, I genuinely believe there is a figure in everyone's mind and I expect Manchester City to hit that figure. I'm not sure what that figure is, but I reckon 125 million guaranteed money plus a few in add-ons. But I think if they come with 125, Tottenham will find that very difficult to turn it down, no matter how much... We, we wish Daniel would do I fear that we'll we'll cave into that yeah well I guess time will tell and um, it's a difficult situation um like I say opening fixtures there we go let me just say a massive thank you to the wonderful Chris Cowling Chris thank you so much it's gonna be a busy couple of months ahead for Spurs isn't it a lot of work to be done on the field off the field busy couple of months ahead Absolutely, Rick. Uh, lovely to talk to you two tonight. And uh, yeah, like you said, two two huge months ahead. Hopefully, the director of football can uh, you know work his magic and you know get some signings in, get get rid of some of these players, and uh, you know welcome Paolo Fonseca, and uh, hopefully he can get the three points in his opening day against Manchester City. Amen. And Jace, as always, thank you so much. A busy couple of months ahead, as I say, a lot of work to do. Lots to do, mate. And I'm I'm. Like Chris, I'm, I'm almost as excited to see who's leaving rather than who's staying or, or rather than who's coming. It's, it's time for me, no matter who the manager is. I want to, I don't, there's certain players there I don't want to see playing for Tottenham again. So uh, I hope those players are, are moved on and, and that's the starting point for us. And that will be a good, good test for us because we've struggled to release players. We know that. Uh, let's, say, let's pick on one Eric Dyer. Daniel Levy would turn and say, no, we're not selling him for 25 million because he's an England international and he's, he's got this and he's got that. Whereas if, if Paratici was to say, OK, there's, there's the door, Eric, it's 15 million, we'll take it. Then, then you have a feeling of what direction the club's going to go in. Um, and so let, let's hope we get the players out that we need and get that reinvestment and rebuilding started, mate. Can, can, I, can I just ask before we go, um, the likes of Harry Winks and Eric Dyer, for you, Jace, do you think that they will get chances under the new manager or do you think they'll head out the door this summer? 
it's impossible to know what he he put. I mean, he, he this is the strange thing, isn't it? When, you know, you saw on that documentary, Jose Mourinho came in, looked at Eric Dyer and said, I want Eric Dyer as part of this. You know, he was really impressed with Eric Dyer. We, we don't know. Fonseca may come in and think, Harry Winks is my man. Uh, you and me can sit here and laugh at that, but you, you don't know what that manager... I haven't seen enough of Roma to know what kind of profile player that he desperately wants. But there will definitely be a player that we think we would keep, that he'll come in and, and he'll immediately say, he's not for me. And similarly, there will definitely be a player that we sit here and think now should be out the door that will be a, a first-team regular next season. That happens with all managers at all clubs. You think, how the hell did that one happen? So let, let's just see how it goes, mate. Amen. Lots to do, lots to play. And guys, as always, keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.